everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Hailed by Billboard magazine as the single most electrifying voice in Christian music, my next guest has garnered more than his share of illustrious awards with six Grammys, 18 GMA Dove Awards, and induction into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame, an unprecedented three times as a solo artist, member of the Imperials, and later the Gaither Vocal Band. Add to this 11 solo albums with his long-awaited, just-released, Believe, a beautiful compliment to his highly acclaimed documentary that stunned audiences to tears when it opened nationwide in a one-night theatrical event, that film, I Still Believe. Shame was his prison, Love set him free. It's the story, ladies and gentlemen, of one man's struggle to overcome his 40-year addiction and the early years of abuse that would bring him to that shameful and painful place that no amount of applause, fame, or gain could erase. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony for part one of my two-part conversation that man, legendary Christian recording artist, Russ Taff. Russ, welcome to Testimony. Thank you so much. I wish you would follow me around the country and introduce me every time. Well, I'd be happy to. You're <laughs> worthy of that and more. First of all, in our brief time here today, I need to share that your classic, Praise the Lord, which we will hear at the end of this broadcast, had a lasting impact on my life as a singer, songwriter, and new Christian back in the day, and still today, the anointing on this song and the way you delivered it clearly removes any doubt as to your immense gifting and calling from God. But you paid a price for that gift, Russ Taff, that no child should ever have to endure. Please tell us that story. Well, my father was a Pentecostal preacher in, uh, of a church of about 25 people, a real small Pentecostal church in the country. And um, they preached a very hard gospel with no grace and very little forgiveness. And it's like you've got to get perfect to serve the Lord and push, push it all on you, you know, to get right, to get better. And... Uh, and I grew up with this constant diet of uh, daily at my house that my mom and dad, you know, passed on to me and my brothers. That you're not worth the bullet to shoot you with. You're not worth the salt that goes on your bread. And you'll never amount to anything. And that was daily, daily. And they said it so often that you kind of start believing it. That, uh, and Garrison Keillor said, you know, when you said it to me, it went down my spine and, and took hold. And now I say it to myself. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and I'll never make it. But, you know, it, it, uh, and those voices, those voices that, that constantly, daily uh, harangued me and accused me, and until you learn grace, you just kind of put up with it. But, I mean, when my dad died, he said, when I see Jesus, I hope my good outweighs my bad. And he never could get a handle on sobriety. 
you know, six months, seven months, and then he would fall off again, and that was until he died. One time he had a year, and then he relapsed. But when I left home at 17, I, I, I just couldn't live in that environment anymore because when there is a household with addiction, it affects everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, my grades plummeted uh, when he would relapse, and, you know, where I was not a real smart student, I was like a C plus, but... You know, then that semester it would go down to like D minuses. But uh, I remember just always trying to quiet those voices by what I did. You know, I would finish a concert where the anointing of God really moved, and I would go back to the hotel and it's like, Do you love me now? You know, do you love me now? Mm-hmm. And uh, those accusing voices would always come back and, and really held me. That uh, And so you build this image and you put it in front of yourself that everybody will like. And, and they love this image. But behind that image is this guy starving to death because he's not getting the love. And he's afraid for you to see what's going on with him and how unworthy he is for any of the blessings from God. And so I was in New York with Tori uh, with my first trip there, her brother played with a New York Philharmonic, and we went in to spend 10 days, and in Nashville, you know, I don't judge people, but, you know, Christians will have wine with dinner some, and some, a lot don't, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's accepted here, but uh, I just never did it because of my dad, but I was in New York, all the cokes was gone, and, and uh, you know, I finished playing golf, and some of my buddies that were strong Christians, they'd have a beer when it was over, and would sit around and talk, but I'd have coke. And he, uh, well, that day, he was on the fifth floor in July of this, you know, apartment building that was old and hot. And so I popped open a Heineken, never had one before, didn't know what it tastes like. Uh, I drank it, and um, it cooled me off a little bit, did not like the taste of it. But I started feeling something. And so I had another one. And whatever this feeling was, it was even you know, stronger. And by the third, the last one, those voices were quiet. They were quiet. And I was okay with myself. And the first time it happened, I praised God. Like, I can live this way because shame held me so and transferred shame. That, uh, and you carry so much. When I was 11, my mother started to do this thing with me. It's called covert incest. It's not touching. But it's like you take a child as a spouse to talk to, and you can't talk outside the family. One of the worst beatings I ever got in my life was was telling my little buddy that mom and dad had an argument, and she just would not stop kicking me and kicking me and screaming, you don't tell anybody what goes on in this family. So she had no one to talk to, but she chose me, and it started at 11 where she would come to my bedroom, and I'd have sit up on the side of the bed. And she began to dump all this stuff on me that, you know, dad can't get sober. We're probably going to lose the house. You kids aren't going to have lunch money anymore. And we just paint this horrible picture. And I had to sit there and take it because I I couldn't talk back. She wouldn't allow me to talk back. And she would leave my bedroom feeling good. She got it all out. But I'm sitting there and just petrified, terrified. Because there's nothing you can do when you're 11 year old to, you know, to help solve a problem. And this continued till I left home at 17. Wow. Uh, so, you know, that first, that first Heineken with all that fear, all the anger, 
uh, because I was angry at the way we were raised. And, and childhood trauma had just so affected me and rewired my brain. Now, through all this, I loved Jesus, and I was singing about him, and I believed every word of it. But those voices were overpowering to me, and I couldn't stop them. I hadn't learned how yet. And so when I would have just a few drinks, everything was good. Everything was calm until about four hours later, and then I had to do it again. But then when you do that, you feel so guilty because you're turning into your dad. Uh, and it terrified me. So it started this career of first, you're thinking, God, that the voices are quiet. And then it turns on you with a vengeance. And you can't stop. But I remember I went to treatment in 1987. And I sobered up for 10 years. But it, again, this this uh, stuff between me and my dad and me and my mom had never been addressed and they did not want to go there and so still I just had to carry it inside me Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to legendary Christian recording artist Russ Taft whose heart-wrenching yet hopeful DVD documentary I Still Believe will have you doing just that believing that no matter the shame, the pain, the glory, or the fame, Christ's love and grace breaks every chain. You can learn more about Russ Taft's music, ministry, and mission by visiting RustTaft.com and RustTaftMovie.com and support his work. Get his critically acclaimed DVD documentary, I Still Believe, and long-awaited worship album, Believe, and share it with others, your church, or anyone needing hope and freedom from addiction. You will be blessed you did. Russ, it has been an absolute honor having you share just a little of your story and the unimaginable pain you suffered as a child your struggle to overcome, yet the eventual victory you would find in Christ, which we will hear in our next segment. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the iconic voice of Russ Taft in his classic, Praise the Lord. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams And your hopes have been cruelly crushed By Satan's manifested scheme And you feel the urge within you To submit to earthly fears Don't let the faith you're standing in Seem to disappear himself we're children of the king so lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won we know that jesus christ is risen so the work's already done 
testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Gensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.